How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola energy. Energy you want, taste you love. John O'Grady is president of the American Federation of Government Employees, the AFGE, the National Council of EPA Locals 238. He also represents more than 9,000 U.S. EPA employees, and that includes scientists, engineers, first responders, and lawyers, among others. Hey, John, welcome to the show. Good afternoon. Thank you so much. Good afternoon, and thank you for having us. Well, thank you for being with us, John. Um, we really need to, to, to talk about what the president is doing or undoing. Um, which really puts the United States in a, a really bad position, uh, not just with regard to the environment, not just re- with regard to climate change and what that means for the, the future and endangering our future, uh, but also how it disenfranchises us from the rest of the world, our, our closest allies, uh, when it comes to uh, the Paris uh, Climate Accord. Uh, First of all, John, would you agree with me that this was a reckless decision on part of President Trump? Uh, There's no question. And you can see that by the guests that have been invited uh, to the White House to witness this event. It's uh, folks from the Heritage Foundation, a lot of the people from uh, the uh, uh, industry, uh, oil, gas, coal, and um, uh, they represent a very small percentage of all Americans. Seventy um, percent, at least, of all Americans recognize climate change to be the serious problem it is, not just globally, but for our nation. And um, here we are exiting the Paris Accord. When we look at what this does, um, let, let, let's just break it down. Looking at coastal communities, of which there are so many in, in the United States, uh, that will this decision will imperil those communities going forward, will it not? No question. All you have to do is ask uh, someone in Florida. They, uh, as a state, have recognized uh, the importance of addressing climate change, and uh, I'm sure they're not very happy with this. Uh, anyone in a coastal community um, will get a unique view of the ocean as it continues to rise. Uh, And we know for a fact that there are island nations in the Pacific that already are losing their islands. They are basically being disinherited from the land that they own. Uh, This is going to happen to us if we do not address climate change. And let's talk about our children, our nation's children and their families. Doesn't this jeopardize their safety? We have enough issues to worry about without adding this and putting this back in play, if you will. Uh, Yes, that's correct. The American Lung Association comes out with a state-of-the-air report uh, every couple of years, and in 2017, this year, they came out with another report, and basically there are 125 million Americans who are living in counties with unhealthy levels of either ozone or particulate pollution or both, and uh, to not address uh, climate change, uh, to roll back protections that the U.S. EPA um, ensures uh, uh, to to ensure clean air, clean water, clean land. Uh, it's only going to increase asthma attacks, cardiovascular problems, uh, developmental and reproductive harm, and cancer. 
We as Americans and as human beings have a right to breathe clean air. We have a right to drink clean water. Does that right get completely trampled on by this decision? Has the president surrendered Americans' rights uh, to, to something that should be a human right, clean air and clean water? It, it sure does. And it is surrendering our right. And um, the maddening thing about it is that the growth uh, in the uh, clean energy business is just booming. So if we exit the Paris Climate Accord, um, what does that say for our businesses here in the United States? Those are going to be rolled back. They're going to be impacted by that. Um, China and India and other countries uh, are just chomping at the bit to get the control of that market niche. And uh, this is just not a very good business decision either. Speaking of business, that's really what it's about, isn't it? I mean, Donald Trump's a very wealthy businessman. His friends are wealthy businessmen. And this uh, certainly suits their agenda. Um, People who are heading up these industries that pollute, and it's putting profit um, over people. Yes, it is. And um, here's one of the maddening facts. Uh, The U.S. EPA's budget, for example, amounts to a whopping 0.2% of the overall nation's budget. And uh, Mr. Trump and Scott Pruitt and the Congress, they want to cut that. They want to cut it by 30-plus percent. And um, I, I just don't understand the math. How does allowing more pollution grow the economy? It's a very good question, and obviously it, it, it doesn't, and especially if you have less people to be consumers in the economy because of health issues and, God forbid, uh, losing uh, the battle uh, with any health issues. Exiting the climate agreement, does it identify the United States as a science denier nation? Oh, I would say it does. Uh, we know that our EPA administrator is basically a science denier, and um, uh, it, this is – just incomprehensible to those of us who work within the agency because we base our decisions on science. We base our decisions on standards that are based on science. And if we don't have science, then we're not going to have standards. If we don't have standards, we're not going to have environmental protection. I believe the overall goal really is to keep the name U.S. EPA but destroy everything else. And with and and I and I just don't understand how anybody um, would 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 do this. And we have to think. Remember that right now Donald Trump is president for four years. Some of us like me are hopeful it will be less than that. Certainly there are those out there that are hoping it will be eight. But there is a four or you know eight year term. And if you undo what has been done for all the years, all the administrations behind, especially the past administration, the Obama administration for eight years. The departure by this administration, um, what, what does that do going forward to the strategic interests um, with, with you know, regard to the various conflicts that we have around the world and, and how many of those that we're involved in along with allies that we are stepping apart from with this agreement, with this accord? Well, uh, President Trump's own uh, advisor, uh, his secretary of defense, General Mathis um, has also recognized global climate change as one of the major threats for our nation's security. So I find it rather troubling that on one hand the president wants to exit the accord 
the president wants to deny science, and yet um, a well-respected general uh, that recognizes climate change as something we, we need to address because it's going to cause conflict. And why is that? Well, because there's over one billion people in the, country, in the, in, in the world that live in extreme poverty. And if climate change goes unchecked, it's going to reduce um, the income of people by as much as 25 to 30 percent by the year 2100. It's going to make parts of our country and parts of the world unproductive agriculturally. Uh, and the maddening thing is uh, apparently President Trump hasn't looked at his own voter base because it's going to impact in the United States small farmers, the rural and urban poor. It's going to um, also impact women, children, and the elderly, and communities. Communities are going to have to be um, relocated because of rising uh, ocean levels. And you talk not only about General Mattis, but our Secretary of State, Rex Tillerson, is against this. The only one that seems to be in, in favor of it is Donald Trump and, and Scott Pruitt, the head of the uh, EPA. I want to read something that uh, you said, John, quote, The U.S. military and America's brightest scientists, doctors, nurses, and emergency first responders accept the peer-reviewed science of climate change. Uh, it's no exaggeration. If the Trump administration does not act on climate, the health of America's children, our families, the elderly, and others will grow ever more vulnerable. We're talking about survival. Our future hangs in the balance, and the smartest engineers, elected officials, and businesses won't be able to save us. That's a very good point that you made because this, you know, walking away from this, not being a part of this, there's nobody out there in any of those areas that you talked about, whether it's a, a politician, uh, a business, an, an engineer, and, and many even in the medical field. They can't throw a life raft to us, can they? No, and the other thing is that uh, the longer we go without addressing global climate change in this country and in the world, uh, it begins to increase. In fact, uh, we have already seen that in terms of ocean temperatures. They are not increasing at a linear rate. It's not a steady upturn. It's rather kind of a curve going, uh, going up at a dramatic rate. So the longer we go, the faster the world warms, the hotter the oceans become, the more coral reefs are damaged or destroyed. And in addition, it's going to impact farming communities because it's going to change ecosystems. It's going to, uh, we're going to have more drought. We're going to have more hurricanes, more severe weather, more forest fires. So what are these people thinking? And, and that is uh, – and, and what, is, what is the Trump administration you know, telling people for those that haven't been keeping up with the president on Twitter these days? Well, you know, we get this rhetoric about uh, we're going to still have clean air and clean water, clean land. And if people want to believe that, I'd just like to understand how, because the U.S. EPA has already been cut to 15,000 employees. That's a 3,000-employee deficit from 1999. Our budget has been flat. And then the uh, Trump administration comes in, and they talk about um, – reducing our budget by 30%, reducing our uh, FTEs or, or the number of people that, that are employed by 3,000 or more, and uh, they're cutting assistance to the states. Who's going to do the environmental protection? The states are underwater in terms of their budget. They have wonderful people working at their environmental agencies, but they're understaffed, 
and now they're going to have less money coming into the state from the U.S. EPA because of the Trump budget cuts. Um, they're not going to be able to go to us for technical expertise, for enforcement. Remember, pollution does not cross, does not honor state lines. It doesn't stop at the edge of Illinois and not going into Indiana or Iowa or uh, Wisconsin. It travels wherever it wants to travel. Um, so this is a, a big problem. People don't understand that. We are not going to have clean air. We are not going to have clean water. We're not going to have clean land. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back with our guests right after this. Uh, don't go away. Check out the website in the meantime, afgecouncil238.org. The Twitter handle for the AFGE, for AFGE National, is at AFGE National. We'll be back with Mr. O'Grady and you right after this, talking more about the post-Paris decision that Trump is putting us behind the agenda of those who pollute and profit from it. Back at it. We're back with John O'Grady, president of the American Federation of Government Employees, the AFGE, the National Council of EPA Locals 238. John, thank you for holding. Welcome back. Um, let's take a quick call before um, we continue with the, my questions and end this half hour. John is in Los Angeles on line three. John, good afternoon. Quick question for Mr. O'Grady. Yes, sir. I think that with the China Accord signing on to the Paris Accord, and they don't have to comply until 2030, yet currently they're, they're building islands in the Pacific Ocean, doesn't that, what do they know that we don't know? As islands are sinking in the, in the Pacific Ocean, yet we have China building islands in the Pacific Ocean. John? Good yes? question. Um, what China knows that we don't know, which we actually do know, uh, is that uh, the clean energy market is the wave of the future. If you want to make money, if you want to become rich, if you want to have a growing, booming economy, you invest in the green um, energy field. And China is becoming one of the world leaders and principal investors in clean energy, solar fields, uh, wind turbines. In fact, there was uh, an article I read recently where they are willing to give free uh, training to people in the western states of the U.S., uh, as they provide their particular wind turbines. Now, why aren't we producing the wind turbines? Why aren't we giving coal miners and others training on how to install and maintain wind turbines? That's what China knows. They know that this is the next growing market segment. Uh, very good question and a very good answer. Um, John, uh, just a few years ago, 2005, delegates from 195 nations met in Paris. They acknowledged that this, uh, d the damage is being done worldwide by carbon as a polluter and the damage is in the atmosphere, which obviously knows no bounds. They agreed to curb future emissions, and that would lead to achieving global temperature below 3.6 degrees Fahrenheit, avoiding potentially devastating consequences from rising sea levels and extreme weather events. With uh, the United States not a part of reducing that uh, carbon uh, footprint um, and not being able to reduce the pollution level to 27% below the level from 2005 that President Obama had promised to be done by 2025. Um, talk to us about, you know, the setback, because th this, is, this, is, this is very similar to one step forward, 10 steps back, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, the United States is one of the biggest consumers of energy in the world, 
and we are not one of the largest countries in the world. And uh, we're basically saying that we're going to continue to live off uh, oil, natural gas, coal, and so forth. Um, and we're, you know, we've had a couple of wars recently in the Middle East, and it was basically over oil reserves. Uh, if these were countries that didn't have any oil, I'm sure we wouldn't have bothered. That's a very good point. John, thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll have you back, definitely. John O'Grady with the AFGE, AFGE National. Follow on Twitter, AFGE National. The website, AFGEcouncil238.org. Bob Deans uh, joins us, Director of Strategic Engagement for the Natural Resources Defense Council. This was, no exaggeration, a landmark global pact to fight climate change. And I must stress global that we, uh, as part of the Paris Accord, if we pull out, it's, it reminds me much of pulling the string on the corner of a blanket and it just starts to unravel. Would that be an accurate uh, description? Boy, it, it could be, Leslie, and I hope it isn't, but you're absolutely right about it being a landmark global pact. I mean, you know, we're doing what's best for our country here at home, which is to cut carbon pollution in this country so our kids don't inherit climate catastrophe tomorrow, and we got the entire world on board. I mean, that is a triumph of American leadership. Why on earth we would walk away from that? And as you noted, the uh, historic nature of this, I don't know when if ever in the history of the world, 195 nations have agreed to anything. And yet we all agreed in Paris to cut the fossil fuel pollution that's driving this global scourge and shift to cleaner, smarter ways to power our future. That's a global consensus. It's a global mandate. It's a global imperative. And here we have the President of the United States walking away from that, aligning the President in a 194 to 1 kind of a kind of a game. It's, it boggles the mind. It's reckless. It's irresponsible. It is a grave and grievous mistake. Uh, it, it, it begins to hurt our country today, Leslie, and our kids are going to ultimately pay the price. And we're not talking just paying the price with the air we breathe and the water we drink. But and, and so people understand the president did tweet last night that he would make the announcement at 3 p.m. Eastern today, which, you know, is past that at the White House in the Rose Garden. Uh, he ended his tweet with make America great again. This would not make America great again. It would also deepen a rift with allies that we in the United States have. Um, and, 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 and when you talk about how many countries agree, the only countries who aren't in agreement with this are Syria and Nicaragua. That speaks volumes if we were to step aside from the rest of the world and, and stand alongside Syria and Nicaragua. Not great, Leslie. Not great at all. First of all, this isolates us from the global coalition that we helped to create. China, India, Germany, Japan, and 190 other countries. This sets us outside of the community of nations. It sets us outside of the scientific consensus. We know, Leslie, that we have added to the uh, Carbon dioxide concentrations to the atmosphere, we have added to that by 43% since the dawn of the Industrial Revolution. That has driven up global temperatures. We had the hottest year on record last year. Of the 17 hottest years ever, 16 have occurred in this century, and we're seeing the impact all around us. Seas are rising. Croplands are turning to desert. The Great Barrier Reef is dying. We're seeing mass extinctions on an epic scale. We're condemning our children to an unlivable world. And we're also walking away from a, the economic play of our lifetime, Leslie. Right now, 
There are three million Americans who get up every day, help us to become more efficient, help us to create the next generation of all electric and hybrid cars, help us to get more clean power from the wind and the sun. The Paris Agreement undergirds that kind of epic economic transformation. It will create millions more good-paying jobs like that for Americans and others around the world. And the president is sidelining our workers in this global economic play. And for what? To anchor our future to the dirty fuels of the past and all the hazard and harm they bring. Leslie, it's not great. It's disastrous for our country and for our kids. Bob, you know, I think everybody knows it's it's a no-brainer, clean air, clean water. I think everybody knows it's a no-brainer as a leader or the leader of the free world to deny science. Um, but... And that's what all of this does. But you mentioned jobs. And I don't think people think about jobs. First and foremost, what do they think? We're going to be polluters. Our water is not going to be as clean to drink. What about our kids' future? What about the air that they breathe? Uh, What about our standing in the world along with our allies? How are we as a nation perceived? Uh, But let's talk um, about jobs because that's that's an economic impact on top of all these other impacts um, that that, that I think – largely go overlooked, especially from a president that promised not only to make America great again, but to bring jobs back to America. And that does not, pulling out of this accord would not do that. It's one of the fastest growing sectors of our economy right now, Leslie, and has been for the better part of a decade. Is And it's accelerating quickly is the shift to cleaner energy. And here's why. Uh, the cost of solar power in this country has fallen in half over the past eight years. The cost of wind energy is down by two-thirds over that same period of time. Across the Great Plains states, Leslie, it is now cheaper to generate electricity from the wind than from a coal-fired power plant. And that is why we've seen two-thirds of all the new electric power plants across this country over the past two years being powered by the wind and the sun. I'm going to say it again. Over the past two years, two-thirds of every new electric generating facility that our utilities, our power companies have installed in this country have been powered by the wind and sun. That is an economic shift. This is the direction the world is moving in, and we're anticipating, Leslie, $7 trillion in global clean energy investment over just the next 20 years. We need for the American workers to get their fair share of that global clean energy sweepstakes, and that means we start at home. Pulling the rug out from underneath these workers doesn't make sense, nor does it make sense to slap in the face uh, blue-chip American companies, Leslie, like General Motors, Apple Computers, Walmart, Coca-Cola, the Bank of America, Google, Microsoft, and many, many scores of others who not only endorse Paris, not only ask the president to stay in this agreement, but are themselves investing billions and billions of dollars to cut their own carbon footprint because it's the right thing to do. Paris provides a global framework for that movement that puts the United States in the lead. Walking away from that serves no good purpose except to protect fossil fuel profits, putting the biggest polluters on the planet first, and putting the rest of us at risk. 
I, I, I want to talk, um, oh God, this is just so much uh, to say uh, about this. Is it surprising to you um, that the president's not listening to his um, General Mattis, um, you know, the head of our defense, not listening to the he- our Secretary of State, who has to deal with these allies and deal with deals, whether it be over oil um, or even, uh, you know, with General Mattis, uh, where we stand in conflict zones abroad and the help that we need for, from our allies with uh, regard to that. It seems like Donald Trump is only listening to the whispers in his ear within the administration of Scott Pruitt, uh, head of EPA on one side, and if you will, uh, Wall Street and, and you know corporate CEOs who want less regulation to make more money and really don't care about tomorrow and don't care about the, the future of America standing in the world, the future of our air, uh, quality, our drinking water, or our children. No question, Leslie, this hurts us in the world, and it's not an abstract or academic thing. There is simply no global challenge anywhere, whether we talk about uh, trade, terrorism, development, control of disease, you name it. Every global challenge that we face, we need the cooperation of other nations to confront. That's just a fact of life. And the way the United States has accrued power and influence over the past century is by building alliances, carefully nurturing relationships with other countries, not so that we bend them to our will, but so that they trust us to keep our word, that they can depend upon us. What Donald Trump has done is has broken our promise to the rest of the world. He has squandered the credibility we've worked hard for decades to build, and he's made it harder for the United States to go back to other countries around the world to try to bring to bear our influence on the outcome of different events in the, in the national interest. And so that's a very real thing. It's no wonder that the Secretary of State was advising the president to stay in Paris. But I have to say, um, Rex Tillerson was in very good company because here's some of the other people Donald Trump didn't listen to. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, the gold standard for climate information around the world, the National Academy of Sciences, created by Congress during the Civil War to tell us the truth about what's happening to our planet. The National Aeronautics and Space Administration, the folks who put a man on the moon. He didn't listen to those voices. He didn't listen to the voices of the 70% of Americans who understand that climate change is a threat and expect our government to stand up and fight it. He didn't listen to Pope Francis, the vicar of Christ. He didn't listen to those three million American workers helping us to move into a clean energy future. And he didn't listen to 194 other leaders from our other countries in the world. That has made us a global pariah, and it's not going to help the next time we pick up the telephone and ask for help about something that matters to this country, Leslie. With regard to um, this decision and the position the United States has, I mean, you mentioned uh, the Pope, uh, Pope Francis, the Vatican, uh, the in- insistence um, that uh, that we should be with the rest of the world and strongly backing uh, this accord, uh, that it would be a, quote, huge slap in the face is what a senior Vatican official said today. Um, and uh, in-, in Rome, they're saying it will be a disaster for everyone. How How does we're letting not just Americans down, we're not just hurting jobs and, and again, air and water. And our own reputation, uh, we, we're we're letting the world down because 
we're a team in this, right? This is one of the areas where you know, to get so many countries to agree to something like this, you know, we, we are letting the, the world down. When, when, when the Vatican says this is a huge slap in the face, this is a huge slap in the face because we're not just talking about the air quality and, and, uh, and, and water um, of the United States, but of others. And as the leader of the free world, we should be leading, as everybody has to talk about, we should not be leading from behind, they used to say with President Obama with regard to uh, Syria or with regard to Libya. Um, but this is an area we, where we should be leading, holding hands with our allies instead of breaking away and looking from behind as they and their societies progress and we go backward and we're letting them as well as our own nation down. No question, Leslie. And, you know, I covered the White House for some time, and I've thought a lot about this. I don't think there's any uh, better test of leadership than the question of whether we're going to fulfill our promise to leave our children a livable world, a world even better than the world that was given to us. That's the true test of leadership. Donald Trump has failed that test. The question really now is, what are the rest of us going to do about it? Are we going to develop our own ways to keep the promise of Paris alive? And let me say what I'm talking about. It starts with members of Congress who understand the stakes for our country and our future. It goes to leaders of cities like Los Angeles and San Francisco and Miami and New York, other cities around the country that are doing an enormous amount to cut their carbon footprint. State leaders in those states, Leslie, 37 states that have specific targets for reducing fossil fuel consumption. And it gets down to every single one of us in our lives, in our workplaces, with, the, with our families and our friends, the people we talk about, to make sure that we're out there supporting the people who are helping us to find cleaner, smarter ways to power our future and holding people to account when they try to move us in a different direction. That's our role right now because together we have to keep the promise of Paris alive. We cannot let uh, the reckless and foolish mistake of this president consign our children to an unlivable world. We just cannot allow that to happen. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com.